Okay. <clears throat> Good afternoon. How's lunch? Yay! Oh, hi. How are you? Sorry. Good to see you. Uh, <clears throat> well, welcome. And um, yeah, let's let's open up in, in prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this food and the food we already ate. Thank you for the fellowship, and we just ask that you have your way with us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. So, we're going to start with the first one. It says four keys to listen to God's voice. Four keys how to listen to God's voice. And it looks like there's extra copies in back. If you don't have one, they're on the black tables back there. Okay. If there was only one teaching that I could teach you or anybody else, and I only had one hour with you, or with anybody, and I could say, hey, this, this would be what it would be. If I had one workshop to give, this would be it. Because if you can hear God's voice, if you understand how He's talking and where He's talking, He can fill in everything else that I would want to tell you. He can do it better. For children four years old and Adults and anywhere in between, it's the same thing. For a child who's been severely abused, if I can connect him with the Father directly, and he can speak directly to God the Father, well, that's the best protection that he's going to ever have. And that will open it up and God the Father can tell him everything else that they need to know and guide them in all truth. So this is so fundamental in our Christian walk, learning to hear God's voice and discerning it. So the purpose is real explicit here, is that you have a more intimate relationship with God in a real and daily conversation with Holy Spirit. And because that's what it is. It's just the the relationship. And so... We'll just start out with a question. Have you, have you ever been like going about your own business, maybe doing the dishes or driving your car down the road and, or reading, and all of a sudden you have this, this idea, like you've got to pray for this person. Somebody comes to mind and it's like, I have to pray for them. Raise your hand if this has ever happened to you. Whoa. Awesome. So, <clears throat> or let's say you're reading the Bible and you come to a verse, maybe you've been there before, but it's like it jumps out with, with meaning. And it just is, is being highlighted like, wow, it's like I never saw that before. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. Okay. Have you ever been in worship and you're just worshiping God and you, you just have this sense of just amazing love that's not yours? And you're just there. Does that ever happen to anybody? Well, what am I doing here? 
<laughs> You're already hearing the voice of God. This is God's voice. It's up to us to figure out how He speaks, not for Him to speak in our language. His voice will never contradict what's already written in the Bible. I had my Bible, but it's... That's, I don't... I've got my stuff written down. But anyway, it's... got another one here. Is this a Bible? He'll never contradict what, what he already has in his written word. And if you want to learn to hear God's voice more, I would suggest you read more of his voice that he's already written down. You get... When you read the Bible, you get his tone of voice. You get his likes, his dislikes. You understand him more. And so it's one of the best ways to uh, hear and discern God's voice. And what we hear from the Lord will never go against what the written word is, and that's even more sure. So, however, it sounds like he's talking in other ways. Like, how did you hear... His, oh, ask and he shall receive. <clears throat> that was really good. How did you perceive that you needed to pray for somebody? Was it an audible voice? Pray for Mary. <laughs> what was it? How did you do it? Uh, be brave and tell me. <clears throat> it sounded like it in your head. Okay, not an audible voice, <clears throat> but like a thought. Yeah, but it wasn't my It wasn't your thought. It wasn't my voice. It wasn't your voice. Okay. Good. How about anybody else? A repetition of the person's name. A repetition of the person's name, like an echo. Good. Did anybody, any else, yes? <clears throat> Was it feeling? A thought or a fe- Both, a thought and a feeling. Good. Anybody else? Yeah, an intensity kind of focusing you there. Did it, <clears throat> a dream? Awesome. Any yes? A daydream. So you had like a picture, a picture, or I could say an image, kind of just, or a thought. Did anybody see the person in their mind's eye? Raise your hand if you did. Okay, good. Okay, so there's an image. So there's three ways we typically perceive God's voice. One is a spontaneous thought. So that's what I'm hearing for you guys. It's like a spontaneous thought. And that's the first thing that you write down, that little blank there. Next one is an image. An image. That image might be a, a video. Right? Maybe you see in this video on your head. But it's a, an image. Somebody saw it in a dream. And number three, uh, the, the last one there, a spontaneous emotion. As somebody mentioned, there's a feeling that's not mine. It's a thought that's not mine. It's an image that's not mine. And so these are the three main ways we perceive the voice of God. <clears throat> and so... In John 10:27 it says my sheep hear my voice I know them and they follow me And you guys are already hearing the voice of God It's actually this class discerning the voice of God 
right? Because you're already hearing the voice. So <clears throat> we want to fine-tune that and discern his voice even more. And who are his sheep? We are. So we've got to put a demand on God. I'm your sheep. You say I hear your voice. Come on. <laughs> got to go after him. Be hungry, go after him. And, and then so there's, oh, there's, there are a couple things. There's two things that will prevent us from hearing his voice. Yes, there are, let me just read it right here. There are things that prevent us from hearing the voice of God and end up staining the whiteboard of our mind. So in my experience as I have been ministering, there's two things that can, main things that can block us from getting through and really hearing God's voice. Okay? And I call the whiteboard, it used to be chalkboard, but now people don't understand that. <clears throat> so it's the whiteboard. Everybody knows what a whiteboard is? Yep. Okay. So there's a whiteboard of your mind. I say, here's the whiteboard of your mind, and, and there's stains on this whiteboard of your mind. It's your imagination. It's your imagination. Now, <clears throat> I firmly believe that the imagination is a gift of God to us, a communication tool. It's a communication tool from, for us to God. And <clears throat> it is, it's a communication tool. And uh, let me, um, how, to, how to prove that. Well, how many of you have been like walking around and some horrible thought comes in your mind? And you know it's from the devil. Like, hey, jump off this bridge or bust your car into that, right? And you know, and it comes through your imagination, right? Or you have a, a, a wicked image in your mind. And so that's coming through uh, the imagination. Jesus says, even if you imagine in your mind your lustful thoughts with a woman, it's considered sin. So this imagination, this whiteboard of our mind is very important to God. And he's concerned about it. And he wants us to take care of it. <clears throat> well, the, what happens is when the little children start growing up, we, they start losing that <clears throat> connection. And we have logical things to put into place, which are of God too. But there are two things that I've seen blockages in people. And one is our bad images that you've seen. Bad images. You can write images there that you've seen. And the other are bad experiences we have experienced. I use the word image to you, for video image, the same sort of thing. So <clears throat> we're going to, so let me explain what that does. There's the, cha there's the whiteboard of your mind, and here's your imagination. And you see these bad images, and it's a, it's, a it's a stain, a black stain. And another black stain here, and you have a horrible experience, and it's stained here. And this whole thing is like stained. And that's your imagination, and that impedes your relationship to go up to God, because it's staining the communication lines. Let me tell you how this works out in, in real life, with a real life story. And... <clears throat> I was teaching this to a group of people, mature Christian leaders from a very good church. And, and beautiful people. And they are mature. They're wonderful. But this one lady was there, and she said, uh, Tom, 
unbelievable. Before that 30, this 30-second prayer you said totally set me free. I was like, from what? She said, before I became a Christian, I was addicted to pornography for eight years. And as soon as I became a Christian, God freed me of that addiction. So I, was, I didn't have never gone back to pornography. However, every time I want to go to God to get a word from Him and just have an intimate relationship, just Him and me, all the images come back up in my mind. I could ask God to give me a word for somebody else, and it can be accurate, or, or, or somebody else, God to speak through me to somebody else. But as soon as it's with me, it's all blocked because these images. The images are taking the most intimate place in her being. And so those stains are up there, and they're getting in the way. But this is what she said. She said, after that 30-second prayer, something just lifted off of me. I was just like, wow. And all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, God started to speak to me. He said, you are beautiful and qualified. You're my princess. I love you. And I've taken this away. Come to me. Like that. She was set free from all this stuff. So how about, before we go any further, why, who, why don't we do that? We got, I don't know, I got 30 seconds. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we just, wow, if it could happen to her, what about you? I don't think there's anybody in this room who's been, unless you're blind, <laughs> that hasn't bumped in to wicked things in this world. <clears throat> there, it's just unavoidable, so we have to know how to deal with it. And... Well, why don't, why don't we just do that? You ready? You want, should we do this? Before we go on, let's, let's, let's do this because there's no reason to hang on to this stuff any longer. Take your hand and just put it on your head. I'm going to lead you through a simple and powerful prayer that will set many people free in this room. And you're going to do it. You're going to pray this. And it's very simple. We do this to children with children who are four years old. So it's not going to be too complicated. <laughs> so it goes like this. If you could please repeat. Heavenly Father, I confess that I've seen bad images and videos. I ask you to forgive me for seeing them. And I've been involved with bad experiences. I ask you to forgive me whether I had control or not in those experiences. And I ask you, Jesus, to wash the whiteboard of my mind with your blood. Wash it clean, Jesus. Get rid of all of these stains. Thank you. And now, Father, I dedicate the whiteboard of my mind to you. Draw your pictures on it. Put your videos on it. 
I want to hear you. And I want to see you just like Jesus did. Just clears the room. So good. <clears throat> now we're going to go to the four steps. These steps are simple. The four-year-olds can get them. The eight-year-olds can get them. I'm hoping you guys can do this. No, just no. You guys can do it. Um, Habakkuk 2. We're going to go to Habakkuk 2. It is on your, your paper. But Habakkuk, in your Bibles, if you go to Matthew and kind of go backwards, it's almost it's easier to get to. It's only a few pages. Habakkuk is a prophet who wrote a book of the Bible, the Old Testament. <clears throat> and Habakkuk, being a prophet, spoke to God, right? Do you think Habakkuk heard from God if he's a prophet? Yep. He heard from God. And... And Habakkuk was in a tough situation. He had a problem. Some of you might have problems. Or it's just me. No. You have problems. So Habakkuk had a big problem. And he needed a big answer for his problem. This is what Habakkuk did not do. He didn't say, you know, I got a problem and God is sovereign. And, you know, if he wants to, he'll fix it. I'll just, he knows my problem. I don't even know to tell him. He's, he's all knowledgeable. He's all powerful. If he wants to fix it, he'll fix my problem. Whatever. That is not the example that we see in Scripture. It's not Habakkuk's example. Habakkuk's example is like this. God, I have a problem. I'm going after you. I need something from you now. And I'm going to go after it until I get it. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get, to get what I need from you, Lord. I need an answer now, God. What do I, and so this is what he does. He goes after God. He's not saying, oh, poor, poor me, God is sovereign. I know he says, I need something from the Lord. I know he can give. He might be holding out on me. I'm going after it. And he says this. He says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. Habakkuk 2, 1. And there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets. And in there we have the four keys. We have these four keys in Scripture. I'll give you the, the first key, and then I'll explain it, because you're probably all wondering, I want to write in that blank. <laughs> Number one, be still. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand my guard post. Those watchtowers and those, tower, those walls, the watchtowers on top of the walls, these walls in these old cities are so wide, you could put a car or two cars could drive on top of these things. They're huge. They're also called ramparts. And they, they go up. They're huge. And so he says, why is he going up there? He's going up there to get away from all of the other voices. He's getting up there to be still. He's going up there so he can focus his attention on just one voice. Because there's the people in the city that's selling the mangoes and the apples and all this other stuff. So he needs to get away to pay particular attention to God where it's peaceful, and it's called 
uh, in Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. So he's getting all the other distractions away. How does that look for you? I'll tell you how it looks for me. I'm like, I have a problem, God, and I'm like, God, speak to me. And the first thing that comes to my mind, spontaneous thought, spontaneous thought, take out the garbage. Um, I have, I, and then I'm like, okay, it does need to be taken out. So I take my pen and I write, take out garbage. Now it's out of my mind. And then I'm like, dental appointment tomorrow. Oh my goodness, I almost forgot. So I write it down. So write that stuff. That's not the devil. That's your beautiful mind. You're finally in a state where you relaxed and your mind is trying to help you. Like, hey, remember this, remember this. So just write it down. And then you put it over there so you can focus on God. I don't know if it takes you 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, but do that so your focus could be on the Lord. Okay? And that brings us... Oh, you guys got to know the hand movements. Okay. Since I'm treating you as children, class, uh, because we teach this to kids. So everybody, hands up, and, and say and do is say, be still. One more time, be still. Oh, good. You can't do that. Now. This is not rain. These, <laughs> these are all of your thoughts that you don't need to be listening to right now. Okay? These are all of the other voices that are going on and, and you're echoing of other people speaking to you in your head like, Mom said, clean your room or <clears throat> just put them down. And we're going to fill our mind with number two. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The blank is Jesus. Because <clears throat> we're not emptying ourselves. We're filling ourselves with Jesus. Right? Fix your eyes. Hebrews 12.2. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the initiator and perfecter of our faith. And in Habakkuk, the party says, there I will wait and see. To see something, he's looking to something. He's looking to God himself. Because from God is going to come his answer. God is going to give him his answer. So what would you be focusing on when you're coming to God with your big problem? What might you be focusing on? Your big problem. So how it looks like is if, if this is my big problem... And I'm trying to focus. God's over here. Well, here's Jesus, right? I'm trying to... And, but all I can see is my problem. What do I have to do? Put the problem down and focus on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because I'm all, if I get a word from Jesus, he's talking to me, it's going to have to go through my problem first. Now I'm going to get a distorted, distorted communication. Because it's coming through my because that's my focal point. Our focal point always has to be Jesus in the midst of horrible problems. And to be good with whatever he's going to say to you. He doesn't always solve my problems when I come to him. (laughs) But he always does what he's going to do. Um, So fix your eyes on Jesus. We'll do the first one to practice. Everybody, one, two, three, be still. Fix your eyes on Jesus. One more time. Be still. Everybody, fix your eyes on Jesus. Yes, so good, so good, class. You're doing so well. So proud of you. The third one is pay attention to 
spontaneous thoughts. Spontaneous thoughts. Now, the spontaneous thoughts. And here in Habakkuk it says, Then the Lord said to me, The Lord is speaking, and it's a spontaneous sort of speech. So it's, he said to me, he's waiting for those spontaneous thoughts. And some people said even here, hey, it's a thought that's not mine. Or it's, you know, I hear this, a whisper inside. It's a a thought, spontaneous thought. It is probably one of the most common ways that I hear from people that they hear his voice. A spontaneous, there are numerous ways that God can speak. We don't have time to get on all that stuff. But one of the most common is that. So, what do you think the hand motion for spontaneous thoughts is? <laughs> okay, number one. Be still. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Spontaneous thoughts. Excellent. So, we're going to pause here because some of you are thinking, some of my spontaneous thoughts are not so good, and I know they're not from Jesus. Right? So how do we discern the voice? How many voices are we hearing? There's basically three voices. Well, it's all right here in plain ink, isn't it? I can't ask you to guess. Okay, what are the three voices? Enemies? Our own voice. Those are the three voices we're going to hear. So God's voice almost always brings peace, and love. Okay, so this is kind of how to discern the voices. If <clears throat> this spontaneous thought is also covered with peace and love, it most likely from the Lord. Now, you, there is discernment in here. It's, it's not so easy for the enemy to replicate true peace and true love. They don't have it can't give what you don't have. The enemy's voice, however, usually brings accusation and fear. Accusation and fear. Some of you have been feeling like you've been condemning yourself for maybe past sins or past things you've been doing, and you've been hearing this voice of accusation, thinking it's your own voice when it's not. It's the enemy's voice, and you think it's your own. And your voice, it is egotistical. (laughs) If it's anything like my voice, (laughs) I would imagine your voice would be similar. It's egotistical and focused on me. (laughs) So... Our voice, we're really concerned about, number one, ourselves. So you have to figure out your voice, too. Once you learn to discern the voices, you can learn to say, nope, that's my voice, nope, that's the enemy's voice, I'm not even going to listen. I'm going to focus on Jesus and listen to him. Sound good? So I'm going to give you a test. No pressure, but four-year-olds can pass this. So... Um, Let's see. What is your name? Francis. Francis. Oh, what a great name. <laughs> Gabriel Francis is our child. Francis McNutt is, was a great uh, minister of the Lord. And, oh, a lot of Francis. Anyway, 
Um, okay, so let's say, I'll give you, a, uh, this is a multiple choice, so it's, you tell me the voice that I'm hearing. I walk into the room, I see Francis, and I have this thought <clears throat> that says, you know, go up, go up to Francis and just, just encourage him about how great he's doing in, in his marriage and stuff, in his family. Just encourage him. Whose, whose voice might that be? Yes. Oh, you guys are good. You guys are good. Okay, so I get that, but then I, I take one step, and I have this other thought, like, who are you? He doesn't even know you. Who do you think you are? Go on up to Francis, this guy you don't even know. Whose voice might that be? Enemies. Oh, good. And uh, then I, I go, no, that's the enemy's voice. So I, I take another step towards him, and, and then I get this thought, well, what are the, all, all the other ones going to think of me? Because, you know, uh, I don't even know them. What are they going to think of me? Whose voice would that be? Yeah, good. Good job. You guys got us. You guys are on par with the four-year-olds. <laughs> oh, number four is write it down. Write it down. So this is cool because God knew we were going to have tablets in the 21st century because he says, <laughs> write my answer plainly on tablets. I just... <laughs> he is just some type of God in me. Not everybody got that, but that's all right. Ask, ask your neighbor. They'll explain it later. So writing is, write it down. So everybody help me write it down, the hand motion. Okay. So number one is be still. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Spontaneous thoughts. Write it down. God, good. Awesome. We got this. Guys are good. It, it, I love this stuff. This helps. So, yeah, this is so good. Well, I think we're done with that. I'm going to ask for you guys to put on the music, but really soft, because I'm going to go through this next part. I'll be talking, and then we'll practice this. So, in the, yeah, y'all have pens. That's good. Yeah, put on real, real soft. Um, thank you. And so... I've been talking to people just like you guys. And then we say, okay, now we're going to do this. Like right here, right now? Yes, right here, right now. And, and so they'll do this. And we had, we had, man, we had one lady uh, who did this. And she gets an image of her family. Now, she was very worried about her family. Her husband has his own business. It's not going so well. Her two adult children are really wavering. They're like, not with the Lord. And um, not living well. <clears throat> and she's all worried about this. And she's, she's uh, uh, you know, concerned. And she gets this image of her, of her family. And they're all, they're all looking good. And the Lord says, don't worry about this. I've got them. 
and she starts to pray from a different place in her life and stops that worrying about her family. Another, another one had... Another one was on... Somebody Another one was a oh a, a Colombian teenager who just became a Christian a month before, and I asked her, "What did you hear from God?" And she goes, "Nothing." I go, "Really? Well, if when you were praying, if you were seated and or if he was there, where would he be? Where would Jesus be?" And she goes. Oh, well, he would be on my left-hand side. Well, what would he be doing? And she goes, oh, his right arm is around me. And he's telling me that I'm with you in this situation in your house because you're having so much trouble at home and you're so fearful of this, this broken home that you're living in. But I am in this and I will help you. It's like, that's pretty good for not having the Lord speak to you. She happens to know exactly where he is, what arm is on her, and what ear he's speaking into. Uh, Jen, could I borrow you? Yes. Oh, we'll get on the stage so they can see. So, we had another one who had struggled her whole life with adoption. She was, she was adopted. She said, I've struggled my whole life. I don't know my biological parents. And I've struggled so hard. And my adoptive parents are great, but it's so hard. And I just feel so rejected. And I don't even know why. And, and so she goes, okay, I'll just, you know, do this. And, um, and she, she feels this, this, like, arm around her. Like she's feeling this love of God. And she hears, you are I didn't tell her she's the father's. The father himself tells her. And she's like, oh my goodness, he spoke to me. He said, I am his. My mother and father may abandon me, but you will never forsake me. Another one. And another one. Oh, she was living so much sin for years. She was under 18. I don't know how old she was, but this girl had gotten in a perverted relationship with a boy that ripped her away from her parents. And she had good parents, started to lie all the time to her parents, got addicted to drugs and alcohol, became suicidal, bipolar, all of this stuff. This whole weight of the world was on this girl. The whole weight of the world. And her psychiatrist said, if you don't told her parents, if she doesn't get better, we're going to have to put her in an institution. She's so bad. And so she went through a little bit of process of getting better, but was still burdened, and somehow found our way to in front of us. And we're talking about this, and we're like, you know, do this. She's like, yeah, whatever. She has so much shame. So much shame. All these walls have been built around her shame. Couldn't believe she could be forgiven. And she's, she's just like, yeah, whatever. I've tried this before. Nothing's going to happen. And she's just like this. And 
when I said close your when I said close your eyes she she literally felt hands grab her hands she felt these hands grab her hands and she heard in her ear an audible voice that said you are forgiven you are forgiven all the walls of shame come down all the walls between her and God come down she finally understands that his love is for her bigger than all of her mistakes who knows what he's going to do today <laughs> should we try Let's do this. He's here. He's the same God. He's here. So I just want you to take a deep breath. We're going to put this to practice. We're going to take two minutes, maybe five, and we're just going to get quiet. We're going to go up to our rampart, our wall, our secret place of prayer with him. And we're going to get rid of all of the other thoughts. You get rid of the fact that there's somebody maybe sitting next to you. If you want to go to a different seat, that's fine. But there's one focus we have. It is Jesus. I'm going to invite you to imagine yourself in a biblical story. Uh, On the Sea of Galilee, after Jesus rose from the dead, he met his disciples there on the beach. And he was walking with his disciples. He was walking with Peter on the beach. It was just Jesus and Peter. I want you to put yourself in a place like Peter. And you're walking with Jesus in the whiteboard of your mind. And as you're walking with Jesus on the beach, look to him and ask him a question. Jesus, what do you have to say to me? today. And when he tells you, write it down. Like five minutes.
start writing it down. It's whatever he's, whatever you think he's telling you. You don't even have to be sure. Just write it down. just know he's speaking to them. They're being touched by him, but they have no idea what he's saying. (laughs) And that's okay. He's working deep in your heart. Just one more minute. Typically, there's a question in your mind, and it is, is, was that me or was that God? Who is this? (laughs) Is that me? I'm not quite sure. So writing it down, just, just write it down, and you'll figure that out later. So you don't, you don't have to figure it out right then. That's why you write it down. And then you can take that to your spiritual leader, your home group leader, your pastor, and if you have a question, and you can say, hey, I'm learning to hear God's voice. This is what I got. I want to make sure it's aligned with Scripture. Or I just, you know, what do you think? Is this, is this God? So it's a discernment process, too. And then you don't have to be, like, afraid of, like, maybe missing the mark or something. And what if it is from God? What if? Why would it be a good reason to write it down? What would be a good reason to write it down? What's another reason? Yeah, Yeah, it'd be like a promise by God. Sometimes when God speaks to us, it may not be for like today. Maybe it's for tomorrow. And so I have to put it on the shelf because I'm not sure. We'll have to wait for another confirmation or see what happens tomorrow with it. Quite often, it's for, in my case, it's 
the present thing that's going on is he'll be speaking to my heart about it. Um, one thing about hearing the Lord's voice and giving testimony to it is that almost every single time if in a meeting like this the Lord speaks to you you're like I think that's from him and you take a step of faith and you share what you what you know you thought you got and it's for somebody else too in the room it's almost always I can't think of a time it hasn't been like that where when somebody shares it's they're not sharing just for them if they're sharing for other people. And that's called a testimony. And a testimony has two main purposes. One is to glorify God. And two is to be multiplied. That's why we give testimonies of salvation, because then they're multiplied. So um, the testimony has less to do with you and more to do with glorifying God and helping other people and releasing that blessing to them. So I'm going to ask a few brave people, volunteers, to share what they receive from the Lord. And if you want, you don't have to come up here. I can come to you. But um, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you, yep, you want, okay. If you want to come up, that's great. Just a reminder that I'm God's beloved daughter, that I don't have to do things perfectly, but I do need to do it with faithfulness to Christ. And then he shared that a friend of mine is near coming to Christ. And that he continues to draw her close. And then another friend who... uh, left the gathering early today he just reminded me that he can handle the brokenness and I just need to be a friend and love her well wow thank you let's give her a hand thank you yeah and he's relieving that burden off of you that responsibility off of you and he's taking that on anybody else yeah do you mind coming up? If you feel the brave soul that you are. Okay. Uh, the example that you used uh, with uh, e- egotistical at the end there, um, that example really hit me straight in my chest because I feel like I'm a, I can be a pretty humble guy, but... When you say that, I feel like I'm not humble at all. Um, the Lord has given me great example or great opportunity in my life and created a situation for me to be able to be a, a wonderful servant. And I feel like I'm only doing about half of what he's equipped me to do. And now just hearing you say that, that's I, it's my ego that's stopping me from doing the other half. So that's what it did for me. Uh, just over and over how how my ego is in in the way and i and it's very easy to see when you point it out there's this there's no question to me that that's what it is so good praise the lord bless you
Okay, anybody else? What? Yeah, come on up. What? What he told you during the, the time when you're asking him. So um, I was picturing when you said walking next to Jesus, and it was pretty painful. He said, um, you don't trust me, um, but I still love you. Just trust me with everything. And uh, it just brought me to tears, and it felt really shameful, but it was just uh, it was a big relief. Like I was hiding that, like he didn't know that. Like I didn't fully trust him. So I went from feeling a great shame and couldn't stop crying for a minute. <laughs> but uh, so it's a good picture, a mental picture. Stay up here for a second. I'm going to pray for you. What is your name? Ryan. 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 In Jesus' name, I just release the love of the Father over you. The Father that you never had. The Father that didn't bless you the way that you wanted Him to do. The Father that didn't get involved the way you wanted Him to do. The Heavenly Father fills that void and blesses you with the love. His love. And you are good enough. You are bright enough. You have what it takes. You are prepared for this life. You will have success in this life because that's how He has made you. You are more than able because He has made you that way. You are a new creation in Christ. And when the Father looks at you, He smiles. He smiles. He doesn't see your shame. He doesn't see your guilt. He doesn't see the sin. He sees the work of Jesus Christ on your life that you brought into your heart. And He loves you with an everlasting love. And I just release that into your life right now. Yeah, yeah, there's no room for shame or guilt. You are a beloved son of the living God. And he brags about you. He's proud to walk with you. You are his pride and joy. And it doesn't matter what you have done. He is around you with his arms of love. Love, love, love more. More. Fill them to the inmost parts, Lord. Inmost parts of your love. Fill them. And you have said what I would imagine a great majority, a great part, a great many people in this very room have not said. You have said, I don't, I'm not trusting God. And each, each, <laughs> I would, maybe everybody, but we're, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure we all have the humility to say it, but look at you. You broke that right here in this atmosphere. That everybody else struggling saying, I know I don't trust God, but I don't even want to say it. And you come up here and you say it and you make your papa proud. (laughs) You make your papa proud and you break that in these other people that need to hear that today. And he loves you. He loves you. Thank you. Thank you for ministering. Thank you for ministering. Wow. Bless you. Raise your hand if you were ministered by that. I want you to look around the room and see what your transparency and love has touched. Just you coming on up here to give a testimony has touched half of the room. Has brought breakthrough in half of the room. 
that somebody taking a radical step of Jesus, I'm just going to step out. Oh, and there it is. He'll catch you every time. He'll catch you every time. Is there anybody else who would like to give a testimony? We may have one or two more. Okay. This is the guy that gave me the, this Bible here, the Passion Translation. He, he just gave me this like a couple weeks ago. I don't even know you're going to this church, brother. Here you go. Actually, my wife gave it to him. She's more generous than I am. <laughs> I clung to mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty educated, so God hit me pretty simply with this. And it happened differently because I was sitting over there behind Shirley Kundiger, and the Lord, the Lord gave me a word through the Passion Translation. And I didn't, I looked at it and I wrote it down the scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12. And I didn't know where it was going to fit in. So while we were praying, the Lord gave me, like He gave many in here, I love you. You are mine. Now go love my body. Now here's the scripture, at least part of it. Repair what is broken among you. And I've spent, I live on a farm, so I spent weeks and weeks and weeks working on repair projects. So when I saw the word repair, it caught my attention. I'm always fixing. But it says, what is among you? And bring unity. So, that's my heart's cry, but that's the Lord's heart's cry. We need to repair what is broken among us. And that's, that's being servants of reconciliation, passing out reconciliation. So that hit me. So when the Lord gave me that, then I went back and thought, oh, that's why he gave me 2 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we'll have one. We, um, oh, here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do is not everybody's going to be able to share their testimonies. You're still loved. You're still cherished. God loves you with an everlasting love. Share it with somebody that, that you know. Or even somebody you don't know. If they're from this group, they're safe. And I want you to share that with somebody, but I would let, you need to share it today because it's breakthrough for today. And it'll be breakthrough for, for somebody else. Uh, what I would like to do is transition to a, a different way of focusing this because what he said is fix what is broken, repair what is broken among you. What's the one thing that's broken among us? Not as a body, but as individuals. It's, it's between your shoulders, your arms. Yes. Okay. The, it's our hearts. Our hearts are broken. Did, did you have something to come on up? Uh, if, I'm going to have Jim share, and, and then we'll transition over to the other. I said yes. All you can say yes. When Ryan was sharing, I don't know if you remember who I am. I, I know his uh, uncle real well, Scott. When he was up there sharing, and you were praying for him, and he was 
uh, just really, hey, Francis, how you doing? Um, um, how, um, sorry, um, how he was sharing, I felt real strong that all the words you said were really very, very accurate. But I also felt right on his chest was just a real stronghold of rejection. And I don't know if you want to pray for that, but, but that's what I sensed and that's what I felt. And I, hopefully I'm okay having the liberty to do this because that's what I sensed. And, and what you said was right on, but just kind of wanted to yeah. seal the deal. Yeah, let's seal the deal. Uh, if you don't know, rejection and abandonment are the two things I think every single person on the planet struggles with. No, you go ahead. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So, Father, we pray right now for Ryan. We're thankful for the breakthrough that you've already have accomplished in his life. And I would ask right now, Lord God, that whatever is housed right on his chest right now that has been there for a long time, in Jesus' name, we just ask and command that that rejection would let go of him once and for all in Jesus' name so that he can live out what was already done here today. And I thank you for that. And we know, Lord God, that we're, we're accepted by you, and rejection has no place in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It may be that somebody in this room didn't get anything. Well, you'd be like me, because I spent, like, over every single day very... Uh, methodically trying to get a like a word from God, trying to hear His voice, and I got nothing for an entire week. So don't worry. He, if you didn't feel like, oh, this was this is Ryan's breakthrough, but it wasn't mine. Where's mine? Yours is coming. Don't worry. Just continue in this lifestyle of seeking after Him in your personal prayer time with Him. Continue. So what we're teaching is it's a lifestyle. It's something that will change your life if you do it. If you take the time and go after God in this way. And He has the potential to heal all of these wounds in, in, in the heart. And so much more. And so much more. And so it's our encouragement to you to take this and run with it, even if you didn't get anything today. I spent seven nights for an entire hour looking for God and saying, where are you? Nothing, nothing would happen. Then all of a sudden, after a week or so, during the day I'm in my car, and it's it felt like God just stepped right in. And I, I'm like Ryan, just bawling. I had to pull over. And the Lord is just, just feels, He's just there ministering to my heart. And then I go, oh, great, tonight's going to be really good. So I go back that same night, an hour, nothing. He's God. Let Him, just let Him be God. Just let Him, just let Him be God. If He wants to, uh, Speak to you His way, any way, just let Him do it. And if it's not right now, maybe it's tonight, maybe it's in a week, maybe it's some other time, we'll just let Him be God. And we'll be okay with that. And He still loves you very much anyway. And we still are receiving in our spirits everything that He's giving us 
even if you don't feel it. Because we don't go by what we feel or what we see. We go by faith. So we receive that by faith. Um, how are we doing? Good? I really would love to hear more testimonies, but I want to give you another tool, walk you through it. Another tool of healing the wounded heart. And I think we can do it. I might, what I'll do is I'll go through this, and then at the end I'll ask for questions, because some people might have questions about either of the two things, two <clears throat> teachings. The purpose of, of this, how to heal the wounds of the heart, is to be guided by the Holy Spirit to discover and heal a wound of the soul. I'll interchange soul and heart, and we'll let the theological scholars figure that out <laughs> uh, later. I'll give a, we'll give a definition of a wound of the heart or soul of what we're talking about. And it's really simple. This is my definition, so it's not maybe not too collegiate. It is something negative that has happened in your life. It is something negative that has happened in your life that has left a stain on your heart. For example, a, a divorce, um, as a child, uh, when parents get divorced, there's some type of abuse. And the scriptural basis for this is Psalm 147.3. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Isn't that beautiful? Aren't wounds messy? If you have a huge gash and it's bleeding blood and you see the white fatty tissue of your skin and maybe there's a bone in there, nobody wants to deal with that. But God himself says, I'll bandage your wounds. I'll attend to them. So beautiful. And the breaking, the brokenness, refers to the deepest wounds of the heart. Uh, this is so important in our day because there's hardly anybody who's gotten through this far on this planet without getting some pretty big knocks in them. And we need to know how to deal with these knocks and these wounds, that uh, bumps in the road that life gives us. Because if we aren't able, we're not, we don't have the tools to allow the healer, Jesus, to come and heal the wounds in our hearts, we're going to allow somebody else to do it uh, by selling us um, drugs or getting into alcohol or having other numbing uh, behaviors that are comforting our pain in ways that God never meant to. And, and so the wounds can affect the body physically, can affect the behavior. You can have a, some like a compulsive type of behavior is often can often be go back to this uh, a wounding in the heart. Can affect our minds. 
uh, and that uh, what we believe about God, beliefs that don't come from God, we can believe lies in our minds, emotions. And I don't know the two blanks there. There's from some personal... I don't have the professor's copy of this, so don't worry about that. And it can be like the wounds of our heart can affect our spirit by pushing us away from God. So our, we can uh, get further away from God because of our wounds. Is this making sense? Okay. We'll go... Yeah, that's not, that's not too long. The wounds cause us often to put on masks on us so people don't see who we really are. You guys know how hard this is? This is very difficult for leaders. All uh, leaders, we need to really be good at this to unmask ourselves and be able to deal with these wounds in our hearts else they can implode on us. And one of the things is, is perfectionism. So the wounds of your heart can draw, drive you to that. So the kind of thought is here, if I don't feel accepted, my goal is to win and work for the love of others. So that blank there is others. The next blank is we find faults in other people hoping we don't feel so bad. So we'll make fun of somebody else hoping that that will make us feel a little bit better. For a moment it does. And then number three, withdrawal or depression. We think there is no way to be successful, so we just won't do anything. We'll just check out. It's not worth it. It's not worth to get involved in this world because this world is going to hell anyway. I'm just going to isolate myself. Um, and then pass, passivity there. There's, a, there's countless ways that the wounds of our hearts can, can mess with us. And I love Jeremiah 31:25. It says, For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. Oh, that's so beautiful. Jeremiah 31, 25. I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul, every broken heart. I've replenished. That's what God does. And wouldn't it be cool to know how He does it? He just, He does it. But... Wow, if that could, what if you could be a freer person? What if you could live life more free because the one who sets people free sets you free from this stuff? It's so amazing. I'll give you an example of this. We were at a children's center. In, in another city in Colombia. And the Lord was moving in, in great ways. We saw so many people uh, being brought back to the Lord and being healed that the director said, Hey, I want you guys to pray for my psychologist. She has an ear. She, she's like kind of deaf in her ears. And so we were praying for the psychologist, and, and her ears were not getting any better. 
And I just sense there's what's wrong here. Her ears aren't aren't opening up. So what's the problem? And and I I, I said, you know, what happened? When did this start? When did this ear thing start? And she said, it started four years ago when I moved from one house where I was living with a group of friends and I moved into another house where I was alone. And I immediately had this image of a line that connected uh, her that move to when she was like nine or ten years old. And I said, her name was Sidonia. I said, Sidonia, what happened when you were nine or ten years old? Because I believe there's a connection between that time and this time. What, what happened? And she said, oh, oh, I don't know. I was like, okay, we need to pray about this. So we sit her down to pray. And she, she gets up and she says, oh, my goodness, when I was ten years old, my mom couldn't take care of me, so she put me with my aunt, and my aunt locked me in this closet with this vicious, nasty dog, this horrible dog, this crazy dog. And it was so horrible and traumatic. I was like, ah! And then, and then uh, yeah, it was just so horrible. And then I said, okay, well, where was Jesus? Where was he? So if he, says, he says he will never leave you or forsake you. He was there in that day that you were there and being uh, terrified by this dog. Ask him. So she sits down and prays and closes her eyes and and all of a sudden, she starts jumping up. She's going, he's right here. He's right here. He's, who's right there? She goes, Jesus. He's between me and the dog. I didn't tell you guys, but that dog never bit me. Jesus was protecting me from the dog. And, now, and, and so she just gave all of her fear to this and loneliness to Jesus. He took it away. And she said, when I moved from this house to that house, I moved from being with my friends to being alone, and that same loneliness came back, and my ears started to... Uh, that, that I woke up the next day. And so we commanded her ears to open, and she says, my, my ears are like bubbling. They're opening. Right then and there, because there was a connection with the wound of her heart. Um... The Lord is is doing so many things. I'll connect you with one more story from me, for my mom, which will help you understand people a lot better. I love my parents. They're awesome. But when I was in my 20s, it wasn't very pleasant. I had my mother just was this, wanted to overwhelm us with, control and then with my wife and we had a baby and everything was was after us to to control everything had strings on it and so it was everything was conditional and i was struggling with this i was i know i have a problem but it's with my mom but i don't know what it is and and i was with a friend and i i I said i don't know what it is and he said well just ask holy spirit i was like okay so holy spirit show me this this thing with my mom, and he, and he, he showed me her heart, and it had uh, blackness on one part of it. And as she tried to love me, it would go through the blackness and refract and actually go to hurt me. <clears throat> and her heart wasn't wasn't clean. And as I allowed Jesus to. <clears throat> 
to deal with that, I was able to forgive my mother in, in such a, a, a deeper way that gave healing to that wound. And then I struggled with, with fear. And there was a time, and I was like, where did this come from? And, and I went back. The Lord showed me a memory where my brother was just pounding me, just pounding me. And, and I couldn't overcome him because he was two years older. And he was pounding me and pounding me. I was crying and crying and crying. And I ended up hiding under a couch. And I say, Jesus, where were you? And he shows me. Jesus, he, showed, he appeared right there in my memory, right in the middle of the room. And he's like, come on out. I'm like, no, I'm not coming out. <laughs> no, come on out. It's okay. I'll protect you. So I came out. And I hugged him. And it, he took away all of that fear and all that pain. And, and all that went away. And there are a number of other testimonies with this. And in the same way that we had walked with Jesus on the beach, on the shores of Galilee, is the same way that you can invite him into this time in your life that was very difficult. And you can ask him, where were you? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He was there. And ask him, what is he doing? What is he saying? So why don't we just do this right now? I can lead you guys through this. I don't want you to try to remember. Don't try to remember a wound or memory. We're going to ask the Lord to reveal that to you. And don't pass over something that's small. If you sense something small, don't pass over that. And we're just going to deal with one. One memory. And so we're going to ask to put the music on, uh, the worship music on low. And you guys can put your, your paper down. And I'm just going to lead you through the next five minutes here. Just take a breath. And so, if you can repeat after me, Lord, please show me the memory you want to heal. just the first thing that comes to your mind. It's usually that's it. seconds. More clarity, Lord. Maybe something that you're struggling with. 
recently or these days. Just ask them what it, you might be struggling with something in particular, but you don't know what the root is. And you can ask the Lord, what is, what's the root of this? Okay. So with a whiteboard of your mind, go ahead and enter into that time. That time. And the Bible says that Jesus is always with you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never turn you away. So invite Jesus in. Say, Jesus, I invite you in this memory. just focus on Him, what He does and what He says. shows up, give to him all of the negative emotions one by one. The fear, the abandonment, the rejection, the pain. Just put it in his hands. One by one. Ask him to heal your heart. Ask him if he would place his hand on your heart. Once you've given Jesus all of those negative emotions, ask him a question. Say, Jesus, what do you give me in return? He always gives something good. Whenever Jesus takes away this pain and this fear, he returns something good. He fills you with his goodness. Ask him.
Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Just take a deep breath. Thank you, Lord. Raise your hand if you still need more time. Thank you for what you're doing. We ask you to bless every heart and heal every wound and increase it in Jesus' name. Over a lifetime, we probably have 300 of these things. (laughs) They will produce a lie, an identity-based lie in us. What it's... I just remember... Can I share one of yours? Jen, we've been doing this for seven years. We live a lifestyle of this. And we still come up with stuff. Or God comes up. We don't go digging. Uh, We allow God to reveal it for us. And Jen just came up. Would you remember the lie that that was based on? With the volleyball? There's something wrong with me. That's what it was. Jen got a memory when she was in fourth grade playing volleyball against a girl in fourth grade who decided to be in a clique that wasn't in Jen's clique or whatever and was giving her all of these negative vibes and being weird to Jen. And Jen thought, like, why is she doing this to me? What's wrong with me? Oh, there's something wrong with me. So deep down in there somewhere, all of these years... She's had this, there's something wrong with me. Now, it didn't affect every single day, but certain circumstances, certain things, there's something wrong with me. And that will affect even performance. I've got to do better so they see what's right with me instead of what's wrong with me. Right? And so this will reveal a lie that you can break in Jesus' name. You've got to break these lies. It will reveal a lie. And after we do, I don't know, maybe 300 of these, Oh, then you can start to breathe again. <laughs> then you can start to breathe again. And then other situations in your life, because you'll bump along the road, and somebody will be mean to you, and need to go through it again and ask Jesus to heal your wounded heart. Would there be, we have ten minutes, would there be somebody who would be brave enough to, to share? To share two things. One, what are we doing here? One, what was, what was the, the memory and what Jesus did? What did Jesus do? That's the most important. Yes. Oh, Sue. And then you want to go next? Okay, Sue, come on up. And then we'll, we'll get you. Mine wasn't actually from this time. It was when we were in Colombia, and I couldn't get it all the way in Colombia. I had to come home and do it alone um, in my own house, in my own quiet, so there weren't any other distractions, and Satan couldn't distract me. So um, my lie was that I disappointed my father. And the truth that Jesus showed me after taking me down a very long, dark hallway, um, that was the hallway that I made black. 
so that nobody would ever find out that I disappointed my father. Um, and honestly, I didn't disappoint my father. And that's what Jesus had to take me all the way back to. For um, 35 years, I thought I had disappointed my father. And I had not. And at the end, Jesus said, and you never disappoint me either. I love you and you're mine. Oh, yeah. wow. Praise the Lord. Wow. See. Thank you for sharing. Wow. I never, you never disappoint me. Wow. The love of the Father. Any, anybody else want to share? Hmm. Who, who got that for themselves? Who, who wants that one? Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, she's telling me to tell a story and I'm, I'm forgetting them. So, uh, is there, if I, there's no pressure to share, because that's, that's even worse. But if there's, if there's somebody like, and you feel like, hey, this might be helpful for somebody else, we can do like, like one more. But there's no pressure. Okay. Very good. Is, uh, were there more people that feel like they got something, that they, they were touched by God? I won't make it come up here, but just nod your heads. Yeah, okay, good. Because yeah. some stuff isn't to share, and that's fine. And so um, what this is is a lifestyle of healing, of healing. Healing the, the wounds of our, of our hearts, allow, allowing the light of Jesus to shine on them. And this can be done in five minutes or ten minutes every night and just ask the Lord, is there anything you want? We don't have to go searching for it. Well, why am I so screwed up? Let me look in my past and figure this out. No, that's the way the world goes. And Just ask the Lord, is there anything you want to show me tonight? And maybe there is and maybe there isn't. And you just follow His voice. Um, and that will, this lifestyle has enabled Jen and I to be in, in other things, but to be serving as missionaries for seven years. And we use this stuff almost on a weekly basis or maybe more. And there's other tools along this line that have brought incredible freedom to a lot of the people we work with and has brought them closer to Jesus and they have a stronger relationship with Him. And have been brought into the, the Father, Heavenly Father's love even more. So um, this is a, just a tool for you guys to, now you have the, the paper. If you didn't get anything, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean He loves you less or you're, you're, you're not as good as the other one who did. That, like Sue said, she didn't get anything the first time or whatever, and it's because there's too much distraction. Good. Try it again later. So there's, there's no thing saying that, you're, that somebody's better or worse or um, less capable. Because four-year-olds can do this, so um, just take your time, and especially if it's, if it's new, hearing his voice. And so that is, that's pretty much it. As far as as far as that is, are there any um, uh, questions that are just 
burning questions that somebody has? Good. Okay. All right. You guys are so good. Give yourselves a hand. Wow. Okay. Oh, so we just praise you, Jesus. I'll, I'll bless you, then, then you guys can go, and you're, you're all amazing. And thank you for putting up with us, putting up with me, and uh, letting me hear. And, um, and so we just bless you in Jesus' name. I bless your hearts, your families, your children. In Jesus' name, I bless your nights, that you would have peaceful and sacred nights filled with dreams of uh, uh, coming from heaven. And I bless you with the Father's love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Jen wants to say something. Um, so we have a table out in back, and we have bookmarks that um, say 911 Life is our ministry with the website. And a lot of you are on our, our monthly update list. Is that okay to offer that? If, if you want to, um, we share encouraging stories like what Tom's been sharing. Uh, every month, the end of the month, we send out the newsletter. You could just put your name and an email. And we also have these little piggy banks. They're actually like footballs. They're football banks. And um, If you want to take that for a child in your life or even for yourselves, it's got a little slip with um, a BMO Harris bank account number on it that's ours. But, um, like, people take that and... It's refillable. Just take a little baggie with that money into the bank. And if you put it in that account, we get it out in Columbia with a cash card. And then it helps, like, one piggy bank will feed a family for, like, two days. So it, that's a, just a nice way to involve the people in your life uh, in the ministry. So if you want to take a bookmark, sign up, or a piggy bank, there, it's back there. Okay. Bless you guys. Have a good afternoon. Bye.